0: G'day coaches, well it's out, Evolve Rugby, an online coach development course based on 100 plus interviews from this very podcast. Are you a club coach looking to continually develop? Do you want to increase numbers to training, be more adaptable, be able to coach to a variety of skill levels, and save time? Then check out the link in the show notes for a sneak peek of the Evolve Rugby online coach development course. Also, sign up to the newsletter so you can receive the latest offers. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions, but for now, kick back and enjoy the episode.
1: You're listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner Podcast with your host, Andy Plymer. Up-to-date coaching concepts from the world of rugby. Sharing ideas to make the game better.
0: Welcome to episode 111 of the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. I'm your host, Andy Plymer, and joining me today is Ricky Dummigan. Ricky is the assistant coach at the red hurricanes in japan and has also had coaching roles with the sunwolves corrida rico black rams and a bunch of other clubs around the world uh, he's from australia originally he's had a wide range of coaching roles in the act victoria and queensland and it's a pleasure to have him on the show so welcome ricky thanks mate thank you for having me yeah no problems. good to good to chat and uh great to great to hear an aussie accent uh we're both opposite sides of the world, not anywhere near Australia. So, uh, good to hear it.
1: Yeah, it is, mate. It is good, very good.
0: Yeah, cool. Now, nah, so just before we get into your your coaching, what's a, What's a bit of your backstory on on your playing career and and where did that take you and what were those experiences like?
2: Uh, mate, yeah, I started playing rugby young age um, when I was five or six. Um, Dad probably like many. My dad was a coach for the first six years. Um, Went to a rugby school, secondary school, went to Toowoomba Grammar. Um, Yeah, yeah. And then um, post-school, mate, I actually joined the military. So I joined the Navy for five years. I played representative for Navy team, played combined services, and then I was posted to Sydney. So uh, really fortunate. uh, Well done. The accommodation where I was staying um, was right next to Ramwick Rugby Club, uh, Latham Park. Oh, wow. So, uh, mate, I went down and um, registered one night at pre-season. Uh, they said, uh, could you go to Coffs Harbour this weekend to play curtain raisers for the Colt <laughs> I was Colts at the stage for uh, club championships. And, yeah, it wasn't until I got on the bus Friday afternoon that I realised it was Ramwick, and, um, which was iconic because uh, I'd been on a tour down there in 1989 with a, with a Darling Downs representative team from... Um, from Queensland, we went down there and we were billeted out actually. Uh, from the rugby club Ramek, my dad was the coach of that team there. And um, I think Czech was the development officer for Ramek at the time, so right he was cooking the barbecue and organizing the billets. Um, <laughs> yeah, which was brilliant. And then, um, mate, I transferred to the army, uh, 2000 and then uh, continued playing uh, with the Australian Army team and then the Combined Services team. And again, I was posted to Sydney for quite a period of time, so I got to continue playing at Ramwick And then uh, um, posting to Wagga Wagga, so I played a bit of club footy down there. And then that sort of was in the uh, Brumbies catchment area, so fortunate enough to play a little bit of representative stuff with Southern inland and the uh, Brumbies provincial team.
0: Yeah, right, yeah, and um, it's... Uh... Good, good, good area, good uh, kind of catchment area for for the Brumbies. Lots of lots of country guys, kind of keen to keen to have a crack and see if they can break through uh, the ranks there.
2: Yeah, no, it is right. They sort of, you know, I think there was arguments there for a while with New South Wales rugby because it fell in New South Wales country, but
0: yeah,
2: um, uh, it worked geographically that the um, southern then became part of that competition. So yeah, it was good to be involved.
0: Yeah, sweet, awesome. And what about uh, first time you you decided coaching what what was the what was the decision you went through to 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 get in the coaching I, I suppose uh, your dad being your coach would have would have had some influence there uh yeah
2: I, I, I I've always just loved the game um mm. so um got out of the military my wife was a soldier as well so she'd actually been posted to Wagga um I was looking to discharge and uh, there was a role actually going as a development officer, Brumby's development officer for that uh, Southern Indian region. So right. um, I went and um, put a CV together and did an interview. Interviewed bad, very poorly, um, <laughs> but was fortunate enough to get the get the job. So so I had a couple of years, mates, and just started coaching there. So it was brilliant. Um, fortunate <laughs> enough, the fellow before me had um, had really sort of put some success together, and the program was sort of running along, so it was a matter of just keeping those relationships with the schools and the clubs, Mm. you know, trying to continue to grow the game in that area.
0: Yeah, and and that style of coaching too, you're always coaching and you're always coaching different uh, calibres of players and uh, it would have been a great introduction.
2: Yeah, mate, 100% because, um, you know, you're coaching kids um, who are learning the game, Uh, then you're going to the clubs and, you know, trying to help coaches coach and, and see what they're doing and then i was involved with a lot of the senior teams as well uh, around that area mm. so yeah it was it was a really good um, launch pad i suppose to, to to get in and just uh learn from you know ground all the way up
0: yeah and that nice.
2: and that that helped too you know brumbies were great they put me on some coach education courses so i went through and did my my oh, i think it's a foundation course now um and then did my level two and things like that as, which was brilliant so yeah, and that that sort of really got me into the game, and uh, mate,
0: I loved it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Cool. And after that, what what were some of the other roles you had in Australia, and what were what were some of the the big learning experiences that you you took away from you know places like uh, I think Sunnybank was one that you mentioned you you've been involved in those kind of places. Yeah, so
2: mate, I actually after the Brumbies, I actually took a role down in Melbourne uh, right. with the Rebels. Yeah. Uh, so I was initially to go down as a um, as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, right. So I was sort of doing uh, return to play and skills with uh, injured players through the Super Rugby, and then of an evening you'd do the you know S and C for the for the academy guys. But then I'd be out uh, on field uh, doing a bit of coaching as well for, with the academy teams. Um, and I got to coach um, actually coach a Victorian Under 18s team there as well. So right. it was a bit of a mixed bag of roles actually. Um, you know and then that again turned into delivering coach education courses so you know mm-hmm. facilitating smart rugby courses and so forth throughout the whole of victoria uh, so it was a bit of a um, bit of bastardized role in terms of uh, probably jack of all trades mastering none really you sort of you know you'd be on field really early with the with the super squad and then uh, of an evening out in the backfield with the academy boys and then facilitating a smart rugby course that night at the club or something so it was probably a really, for me, it was a really good time to understand, or you get that aspect of high performance because you're mm. working with the, with the main super team, and then, um, but you're also involved at the grassroots level. So understanding, I suppose, the the whole process of the program and and the pathway that helps lead to get into high performance. Yeah. Yeah. No. So mate, then those roles, I, I my wife got posted again to Brisbane, so. I went back and, again, I was just uh, doing a little bit of um, strength and conditioning with a couple of the couple of the clubs in Brisbane, so Brothers Rugby Club and, and Sunnybank. Yeah, it wasn't until uh, the opportunity to come to Japan in 2017. Matt Cobain was the head coach at RICO. Right. Uh, so I'd worked with Matty at uh, at the Rebels. Yeah, the opportunity came up. was uh, There was a role for just um, – initially it was just on-field conditioning, so I wasn't doing anything besides just the – on-field conditioning, and then that sort of evolved into a bit of a um, a skills skills coach as well. So uh, I was doing a lot of work with the nines and tens. Yeah, and then mate, it's just evolved from there. So been fortunate enough to uh, keep going and and uh, really chase the chase the dream.
0: Yeah, awesome, cool. Well, I'll, I'll jump into that in a minute in a minute for sure. I just wanted to backtrack a bit there. I I've, I was just thinking with your your rebel story there and how. How you were exposed to high performance, but you're also coaching a U18 rep team. I think that's one of the challenges too when you're when you're around those environments. And you it's a good chance to then when you coach an under eighteen rep team or a rep team of some kind, you can it, it's a challenge to try and find the pieces that fit from high performance into a rep team because a lot of them just won't. And then there's some elements that you can you can piece out uh, that 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 will transfer fairly well to that younger age group that aren't aren't high performance really. Um can you can you uh, are there any things that jump out there for for you thinking about that?
2: Well I, I think straight away it's the rugby IQ the and the age of the, mm. the athlete that you're dealing with. So um yeah. you know there was some big names down at the rebels at that time. So you've got you know your Sterling Mortlocks, O'Connor, Cipriani, Kurtley Beal was there, Gareth mm. Delph, a lot of players that are Played at that level, so uh, not that I had really a lot to do with uh, in terms of coaching those guys on the field. I did a little bit of work in terms of returning to play with those guys. Who f- forever asking questions about about the game. But then obviously, you know, young under eighteen guys, they're still learning the game. They're still learning to, you know, grow into their bodies and understand their potential. So uh, that was more sort of I think that role. If you look at as more. Of just inspiring them to be their best, and mm. you know, release the testosterone that's been built up in there that they can actually <laughs> get out onto the field and, and use it in a positive light.
0: Powerful weapon.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, uh, cool. Um, yeah, all right. So, so Japan. Um, so, so Rico was the, the first uh, first club you were with. Um, what when you first got there it would have been quite the the culture shock, obviously, and you know. Um, you know, having to use translators and, and those kind of things. What what were what were some of the big kinda of in that first six months, those moments where it's like, oh wow, I've really got to adapt here.
2: Yeah, obviously the language barrier made us mm. huge. Uh, although we're quite lucky we had a really good translator at Rico. Um she'd been there for years and she's still there to, to this day, Marie says oh, she awesome. was fantastic. During that period it was probably you know, because there's large there are large squads over here uh in Japan. So I think mm. we had probably fifty maybe 55 players wow. in our squad. So um, if you're doing a 15v15 15 15 out on field, then, you know, there's a there's a leftover group of players that um, I might have them been doing a skill group uh, or just a skill drill and mm. while that while the rest of the team's out on field. So the other translators would be out on there. So you sort of had to really learn what the keywords were. Uh, and I think it was great because it was a real challenge to understand that communication the simpler it is the better mm. um and that's more effective so yeah that probably helped but then also the the, the japanese like they they work hard they really do work hard and um yeah. we'll sort of try to change a little bit of work smarter not harder um mm. but it's drummed into them at university you know so I, I was overwhelmed by you think. Oh, we do a hard session and then boys be going out and doing extras, and I go, "Really? Like, why are you <laughs> all of a sudden doing extras now? We've just been flogged down on the field." And yeah, uh, so that was a real shock uh, to see them. You know their work ethic uh, and mm. their discipline. So yeah, no, um, it was a good change, and it's different. You know wherever you go, different clubs, obviously different mm. environment, different players. I think it's changed a little bit up here in terms of probably intensity. Well, what I've seen in the three clubs that I've been involved with All here right. is probably the intensity of training has increased and the and the duration has decreased. The volumes
0: dropped. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. Where beforehand probably the intensity wasn't there as much, but the duration was certainly there. So, and I think Eddie probably had a lot to do with that during his tenure yeah. here as yeah. um, as Japan national coach, and that's continued on with. Uh, you know, Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown and the lads.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and what, are, what about, oh, you had a, had a bit of time with the Sunwolves, RIP Sunwolves. Um, what was that? That stint like, that would have been uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, mate, so 2018,
2: initially um, I got connected to, to Jamie Joseph through Tarmody, uh Ellison. So Tums was playing at, at Rico. Right. And... Um, Jamie had wanted to do a military-style camp as part of their pre-season. So uh, in terms of knowing that obviously uh, my background and I led a couple of those um, when I was in the army, we, I think we had the – we took the Roosters. I think the Tars came out one year out to the barracks and sort of did like a three-day leadership military-style camp. So uh, ended up going with that down till we went to an army barracks down the bottom of um, Beppu on the, on the bottom island and um, three days – where we just sort of pushed them to their limits, and a little bit of sleep deprivation, and some decision making, and so forth, and mm. then um, ended up uh, really connecting well with the group, and um, and got on well with Jamie and Brownie, and then that was sort of in a period where they were they were sort of splitting their their um their teams. They had a Wolf Pack and the Sun sort of yeah that's in right, preparation yeah. For, for the mm. World Cup. Mm. Uh, so mate, yeah, I stayed involved with in what was meant to only be. Three days. I ended up staying involved with them for a couple of months, doing some work, um, which was brilliant. So it was it was great to um, you know, and still has now you go to the clubs and play against whether it's a top league team or different two. seeing those guys that were involved and um, and still been able to say g'day and uh, they remember him. Uh, in fact, we just uh, we've just signed a, a player here who's just joined us, uh, Willie Blitz, who was involved um, with the summers during that camp, and he's just. Join us here at Docker so he keeps reminding me of that camp game, mate, now we're not doing any more of that silly, <laughs> silly uh, military stuff, are we? No, 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 mate, so all has changed. But, uh, you know, they remember it. Uh, it was a great yeah. time, you know. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, forever look back and think of that period and that time. Uh, yeah, mate, it was great. It was a privilege. It was a privilege to be involved.
0: Awesome, awesome. And now you're with the Red Hurricanes. What's a, what's a description of your of your current role? There and and what what's a week look like for you uh, in season working with the Red Hurricanes? Uh,
2: yeah, mate, so I'm assistant coach here. Uh, I do our defence. So Matty Cobain's our head coach here. So Matt was at uh, NTT Com, yeah, uh, the last couple of years. So after the Waratahs, he came up with Rob Penny. Uh, they were at Corman. Uh, the company merged, and so um, Matt still had a year on his contract. They said, "Would you uh, like to go and?" Be the head coach of Docomo, and um, he rang me at the time and said, Mate, I'd love you to come. Will you come and do my defense? So, I uh, jumped at the opportunity, mate, because um, obviously I knew Matt well. We'd coached together, and um, I had the opportunity to stay in a, well, in a director of rugby role with Timo, was that last year, Carita? Uh, but I, I declined because I think, you know, it's a role that probably you'd want to be. Taking when you're 60 and you've been coaching mm-hmm. for 25 years, and yeah, where I still feel young and fit, mate. You know, I stay on the tools and be out on the field and try and yeah. learn, learn a lot more before I take on a role like that. So, uh, yes, yeah, so, I've been here, uh, came up in September. So, next week's our first competition game, so long pre season, and then the competition starts 17th of December. So, looking forward to getting in, getting in, mate. Now, normal week for us, so. Saturday to Saturday game. where, um, well. Sunday's your review time, so doing your own own review of your area. Uh, so as I said, defences for me. So I I'll review our D. Then Monday morning we'll get in. Uh, we'll have a coach meeting. Uh, we're just going to make a slight change in that. Now we we um, we'll go into um, a block that we've got. We call uh, MLS. So we meet, learn, or skills. So we're either meeting or we're doing a learning, or we're just crafting or honing in on some extra skill. Uh, that period, then, I'll, I'll meet with our defence leaders um, just to go through our review. And then um, after lunch, we right, will be a team meeting. So team meeting, we'll, we'll review both uh, attack and D, and then um, split into units, so we'll review our units as well. Uh, then we'll out on field, mate, for what's probably a slower slower team session um, boys obviously still saw only you know 48 hours post game so um, and if it's any new learnings that we'll take into the new week Tuesday morning mate back in again coach meeting into team meeting normally we preview our attack during that period and then we're out on field Tuesday's our bigger day uh, so we get lots of our contacts and um, uh, done through that time and that durations a bit longer team into units training. Uh, lunch and then after lunch mate, gym and uh, and now again our MLS block So if uh, Fords are in the gym, backs might be in a unit meeting mm. So we're either in a unit meeting, then we'll do some uh, extra static skills there And then uh, I've been doing some work just um, in terms of our contact skill um, Just on the mats in the gym, uh, we do, we're doing a fair bit of work there just and, uh, Again, then we'll swap over, so backs are in the gym, Fords will do something similar Skill block might be a game. We might be walking through a new install of their line-out or, or might be looking to clarify some Ruck D roles or, or whatever it may be. Um, Wednesday, day off, mate. So normally on the Wednesday, you, you're previewing the following week. So start to have a look at um, at, at next week's game and, and prepping a few few things there, a bit of detail, what we're looking around. We normally catch up as a coaching group that Wednesday for a coffee and just sort of chat through a few things. Mm. Thursday, mate, we're in. Again, you know, coach meeting, into a team meeting. Thursday's our day. We're, we're trying to execute at speed. And obviously bigger bigger squad groups, mate, so we'll, we'll split. We'll have our non-playing members. We'll be prepping opposition attack. So um, we'll check our, check our defence up against opposition attack. And then, um, again, boys are gymming in the afternoon. Captains run Friday, mate, and then uh, if it's an away game, we're travelling Friday afternoon. Game Saturday and then um, turn it around and do it all go again. again. Yeah, on Sunday and go again. Yeah, so yeah, it's pretty full on when you're in season, but uh, yeah. sort of just once you've got your routine
0: down pat, it's pretty simple, mate. Just to get in routine and and get going. What about the work life balance hours? How's that with that kind of workload there?
2: Uh, yeah, mate. I'm, uh, I'm here on my own at the moment. My family's back in Australia, so. Um, right you sort of feel bad that you, you're away from the family, but um, obviously my wife is very supportive and understanding, but um, yeah. so I still may not try and get myself in a routine, get up early in the morning, either get a run in or get into work early and get into the gym. So you're, you're having mm. a bit of your time and yeah. use that wisely to prep yourself mentally of, um, you know, the detail that you want to deliver through the week and what are your key focus points and, um, yeah, other than that, mate, we try and get out and, you know, when we can, have a beer together socially and and just have a chat, um, uh, which is great. So a couple of good little local little yakitori places close by, so mm-hmm. we can go and perch up and have a beer and just have a chinwag too, which is great. Uh, yeah. And we're all, mate, we're all in the same apartment block here, so it's quite oh, easy. Cool. So um, yeah, so the boys, we just send a message and jump in the lift and meet you in the foyer and five, so it works out pretty well.
0: Oh, awesome! Um, all right. And what, what about uh, you as a coach? What's your What's your favourite part of the game to coach? And if someone was to come along and watch a session, what What's What are they going to see? What are they going to hear?
2: Mate, I've really enjoyed the last two seasons. Actually, I've probably the biggest area I've learned a lot just in terms of set piece defence. Yeah, uh, in particular, scrum defence. I reckon. Right, it's really interesting. you got it's a bit like chess and. Mm. Just the different pictures you can paint in terms of positioning, you know. For a nine example, does he mirror him behind, or mm. do we sit him high and close off a uh, close off a, a short side on the right hand side defensively, or yeah? And and understanding players um, how they want to defend it, and you know, sometimes because it's more comfortable, or trying to challenge them, go or you know, what about this image? Um, so that's been a really big learning uh, for me as well. And mate, I've, I just enjoy that aspect because everyone's different too. So the big thing is, you know, for me as a coach, I say, well, you know, what are you guys feeling? Because this is what I'm seeing. So, and it's totally might be totally different, or we might be on the same page. So, um, mate, I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed that challenge a lot. And then I think just trying to coach, just trying to coach better every every session and every season, mate, is is a is a good challenge. And you're always looking at. Uh, finer detail and and really trying to and it's a big thing that you know I've learned from I know you'll probably talk about it soon with with Eddie is just actually training your eye to to see the detail at training and, and fixing mm. it then and there.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, let's jump into that. That's uh, you know you recently posted on on LinkedIn about working with Eddie um, as a mentor and I reached out to you and I thought it'd be a great. Great conversation to have, and something to to explore and and look into that role of mentorship because we hear so much about it uh, about how the importance of it, but um, I think what it what it actually is and and how beneficial it is is something we could really dive into. So so how did that relationship start with you and Eddie uh, in terms of uh, that kind of mentorship, mentoree kind of role? Uh
2: yes. So oh, I actually. Well, when we are up at RICO, um, my girls were playing rugby, actually a little local Shibuya International Rugby Club, which started lots of expat kids but also Japanese kids to learn English through rugby. Right. And it was started by a fellow called um, Koji takamatsu son, who was quite instrumental in bringing the World Cup to Japan. Okay. Uh, he was good mates with Eddie, and um, I was just helping out the club, doing a little bit of coaching on the weekends. So uh, COVID first hit us then, and... Um, our company boys were still doing just a bit of training, and I was just doing doing that that training with them. So I'd reached out to Eddie; he was in Japan. Koji did an intro with me, and uh, mate, it was brilliant. So I, I went and caught up with him for a coffee, and then mate, the conversation has just continued. So uh, during those periods, I'd end of the week, you know, I'd coach three sessions of skills and whatever through the week, and then at the end of the week, I'd go and have a coffee with him, and we'd look at a bit of training, and he'd give me some feedback, and. Uh, help, you know. I'll ask me what my planning was the following week, moving into it, and then um, yeah. So, mate, it's just continued on from there, and spent some time with him, and and um, I had the time with the England camp on that recent um, Wallaby series. uh right. back home when yeah. we were home for the off season. So again, just a massive privilege to be involved, um, to see that level and you I sat in on on everything coach meetings uh, team meetings um, you know you're basically immersed in the program for the week and um, again mate he's just been instrumental in terms of just sharing his knowledge and being really open and direct with his feedback you know I can send him a text here and although I haven't touched base with him um, since his announcement with England but uh, mm. Give him um, but some air. Um, he give him some air exactly um, yeah. but mate he's just brilliant in terms of again like um, you know what what are your key focus points mate are you, you know are you picking that up at training train your, like I said before training your eye to pick that detail up then and there mm. So Eddie' say to me, are oh, you watching a lot of footage a lot of training and I was during that time um, you know going back over the session and he, he said, well mate why are you watching so much?" Where you're wasting time there, where you could be watching other games or watching other, other, um, you know, more in the opposition and actually training your eye to pick up the detail then and there at training because you said, you know, you've you just watched it live. Why are you watching it again? Mm. So that was a real big opener for me to go, okay, well, what is my key points this session? Uh, you know, might be in our multi-phase defences, for example, that we're just looking at good, good spacing and, and line speed. So... And, and nomination. So, and I might just be sitting in behind with the boys and who you're nominating, who you got. Um, you know, really changing them, getting off the line, and 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 that'll be all I focus on for that period of time. And so, that, that you yeah, mate, that was a big change for me um, and a real eye opener to, I suppose, had yeah, developed the art of your, your meeting. You've just you've just given your focus points to the meeting now. Right now, I've got to go out and actually see that and fix it then and there on the field. If yeah, if I time. see an issue, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, mate, just to have someone like that um, as a support mechanism and a sounding board, you know, money can't buy enough. Uh, mm. The value that that has given me for that has just been brilliant. And I think for some, you know, you want to have a mentor. Like, uh we were talking just before, you know, you're talking about interviewing Smith and Checker and those guys. So mm. Wayne Smith's another guy who I – so COVID, I, I, was, um, I did the Iran's – uh, yeah. Coaching course, a dance coach course, well, a few years ago now. Well, was when COVID first hit, so uh, it was all online. Um, and I think because of COVID, like everyone was in lockdown, so the caliber of coaches that we had present uh, on that course was just brilliant. So Eddie was on that, Wayne Smith, uh, Colin Cooper, you know, Mike Cron. Uh, it was just brilliant, um, you know, and that really, I suppose, boosted me to to say, you know, I really want to be a career coach and. You know, in order to do that, you've got to you've got to try and reach out to the best you can and and um, pick their brains and mm. and try and be the best that you can. So, you know, and Wayne Smith, a guy, another guy who was just phenomenal in that on that course uh, yeah. and the way he gave feedback to us. I think that for them, they're they're forever continuing to learn as well. Mm. Uh, so they've got growth mindsets, both of them, and and um, you know they're wanting to continue to share their knowledge as well. The great thing I like about Eddie is just honest, mate, honest and direct, and yeah, that's no probably bullshit. something he really wants just, as a mentor. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he's really direct. And then, you know, if he if he's, um, sees some benefit from something that you're talking about as well, he'll go, oh, you know, expand on that, mate. Tell me more. What are you thinking? Mm. And
0: Yeah. So he's um, learning as well. It's symbiotic. Yeah, mate, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, and, yeah,
2: uh, again, yeah, yeah, it's a privilege.
0: Yeah. And if roles were reversed, mate, and you you'd been let go by the RFU, what do you think Eddie's advice would be?
2: Jesus. Oh look, mate, I, he's a successful coach, isn't he? So um, yeah, hundred percent. I think there's going to be, I think there'll be many opportunities pop back up for I me. Mean, he's just got to choose the right one, what he feels fits best for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh oh, mate, Eddie will be back here in Japan. I reckon in a couple of weeks he'll he'll go back and do some work with Santori. I'd say. Yeah. And then. Um, you never know what's going to happen. I did read, and I hadn't I hadn't really spoken to him about it, but the US, I read that there was potentially yeah, a US deal. Yeah, that, yeah. But uh, he's probably the only one that knows yeah. what's going to happen. He's, he's then, meant right? to be
0: going to about eight or nine different places, uh, depending on... Yeah, well, mate, what, he'd be one wanted happened, man, <laughs>
2: for sure, so... Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. Everyone would be
2: chasing him, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's a tough gig, uh, living, living your life so publicly as that, and um, I... Uh, I I don't envy it. Uh, I think it uh, takes a special character to be able to live like that, and and Eddie's definitely one of those. And yeah, just uh, staying with the mentor uh, role. What if if you for you know coaches listening who are thinking you know what I'm wondering if I need a mentor if uh if it's if it's something that's uh, worthwhile? You've obviously sold it pretty well there. Um, how, what advice would you give uh, coaches about how to how to kind of seek out a mentor and, and you know, try and, try and set up some kind of, whether it be formal or informal uh, mentorship uh, relationship. Yeah, mate, I think,
2: you know, firstly, you look at the coach who sort of um, you want to model yourself off, I suppose, um, mm. in terms of um, what type of coach you want to be or who's the best in the field that you're, that you're coaching, whatever it be, whether it's attack or you're a head coach or a defence coach, um, and then just having having intestinal fortitude just to reach out and, and touch base, um, yeah. yeah, and then go from there. I think you know it's looking at someone and, and pretty quickly, and this is one thing I did with Eddie, which I'm glad I did, was um, said to him that you know I'd love this relationship to continue as a mentor role. or feel really privileged. Uh, I'm not going to be someone that's just going to pester the debuggery out of you, so i'm not going to be you know uh but I'd be forever next year desk listening with his um and he was really good with that too, so I think that helped um yeah. and he's probably he's got so many uh, young coaches that probably reach out to him at certain times and um you know, the blakesman he'll he, you know I'll get a reply back within five minutes. Yeah. Sending a text, and I mean, like for a guy that's that busy, he's always got time to reply to you. Um, so, mate, yeah, I think looking, yeah, outline, you know, your boundaries and your left and right of arc, what you want to achieve out of it, right from the start, and if mm-hmm. you can come to a mutual agreement on that, then, then you know, mate, it's a great thing to do because the game's forever evolving, and as a coach, you've got to continue to stay up with it and. Um, if you've got someone that can share their wisdom and knowledge with you, and and you're forever learning, and can ask questions, and you know share ideas of of your planning and so forth, and, and get feedback from it to make you better, then then it's a then it's a really positive way to go. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. Agree. I think and the I- great
2: thing is too, mate, that you get both sides. Like like I said, Eddie's Eddie's got a growth mindset, mate. So he's he'll always ask questions as well. Yeah, uh, which is
0: great. Yeah, and just having like it, you know, having to explain something to someone as if they've never heard of it before, really makes you have to get your get your comms right and get your philosophy right on the, on that piece that you're delivering. So uh, there's so much learning going on there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hundred percent, mate.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, you raised a good point there about intestinal fortitude. Like, you never, nothing's going to happen if you're sitting, sitting at home, crossing your fingers that someone's going to email you and say, Hey, do you want to, do you want to talk rugby? And I, I see that every, every time I reach out to people in there for, for podcast interviews. Like, there's the majority say yes. And, uh, yeah. Like, rugby's, rugby's, I don't know if it's a unique rugby thing like that. I'm, I, I kind of hesitate to, to put us on a pedestal or anything like that. But I think if people are are passionate about their sport, no matter what the sport is, they, they love talking about it. It doesn't matter who to. And if, if someone reaches out and feels that you're the one who can give them some solutions or have a chat about, often they're as, they're as keen and into it as you are.
2: Yeah, mate, 100%. And again, like I said, I think you look at those guys who have really shared their detail publicly and, and the, and the guys at the IRANs do it, do it extremely well, you know, when they get the calibre of those sort of coaches and they're sharing their detail. Uh, it, g- it goes to show that, you know, the mindset of those people, that, again, they're wanting to become better and, and just share their knowledge so that so I suppose that the pathway continues uh, for young coaches like myself who um, can hopefully, you know, achieve some of the, some of the successes that they've had.
0: Yeah, and what, what about locally in Japan, across uh, different different professional clubs? Is there a camaraderie there amongst coaches and a, a community? Uh, is that is that building, or is it more within within the coaching group that you're with right now? Um,
2: mate, look, there's well, some massive names up here coaching. Um, yeah. You know, you've got well, you got your Robbie Deans, Panasonic, um, Blackadder. At, um Toshiba, you know. So there's a there's a lot of high profile coaches. So I, I don't say there's probably um, in terms of sharing knowledge, but you're always ca- when you catch up for games, and you, everyone's keen to to share. And and um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's many e- there's many egos amongst them up here. So that, that's yeah. a great thing. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, that's cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we always end the show with the same final four questions. Uh, when you were a kid growing up back in Australia, who was uh, who was one of the players that really jumped out at you and and got you right into the game as a as a fan?
2: Uh, mate, I was a halfback. So, mate, I was Nick farr Jones for me. So, yeah, um, yeah, I loved the way he played the game. I loved his competitiveness, and so yeah, I think I I tried to be Rick Fire Jones for many years as a young kid.
0: There, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and what a what a group of players that that era was too. Uh, just an yeah, amazing, it was brilliant. Uh, I actually
2: remember he came to our school year 12 with uh, rugby lunch and pre seat. Uh, might have been the launch. And he spoke right. at our. Uh, I can't remember if he presented jerseys or not, but uh, he might have presented our first jerseys still. So, yeah, 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 getting the chance to meet him as well was, was brilliant.
0: <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. And what about now? Who are, who are some of the players you like watching uh, play?
2: Michael Leach is one for me. Um, yeah.
0: Here. Just a warrior.
2: And obviously mate and he's a bit he's a bit of a Benjamin Button he's just getting better with age so
0: <laughs> he you totally know is, eh?
2: was uh, mate oh, I think if you look at that last test series and what he did for Japan
0: all the Australia ga- A games I'm like this guy is uh, an animal yeah, yeah.
2: Um, mate he's had a hip replacement he had a hip replacement I think That's like insane. 18 months ago so <laughs> yeah no, amazing. just amazing wow. his work ethic uh, rugby intelligence the way he plays like forever competing he's tough mm. he's skillful uh and and the most important thing mate he's just a genuine human terrific human off the yeah. field as well so yeah. mate I like, I like, I enjoyed meeting him with the Sun uh and then I really enjoyed watching him play this last
0: mm. you know, yeah last seasons few awesome. seasons. Awesome all right, and third question uh what about a high profile coach you've already mentioned Eddie what about another high profile coach that uh you like how they they run their run their op- operation and and respect what they do
2: Um mate obviously I'm fortunate I'm coach here with Maddie Cobain, so Yeah Um Maddie's knowledge and detailing around his lineout and set piece stuff I think is you know as world class um obviously he's a world class in terms of that himself as a player for the Wallabies yeah. Um, yeah, so, mate, and that's one element of the game, you know, that I've really tried to get an understanding of as well, especially last year, like, the first time as a head coach, like, and had a, had a young, um, you know, all my coaching staff were all first-year coaching. they just finished their playing career, so I had Wycliffe Parley who was my forwards coach last year, and Cliffy, like, Paul Cliffy probably had never really jumped in a line out in his life, so... <laughs> and you're having him coach uh, your line-out. So um, I've really enjoyed learning the, the art and science, I suppose, of that, and uh, Matt's been brilliant in around that.
0: Awesome, awesome. And then final question, uh, who's someone in the grassroots uh, plugging away, uh, growing the game that you feel deserves a, a shout-out and some recognition? Um, mate, it's probably a young guy in Sydney who I think will go
2: on and be be a really good coach, and Nick Calloway, yeah. uh, brother brother of Andrew. So right. I first met Nick. He was playing at Ramwick, and then he was doing some coaching. He's done a little bit of the Gen Gen Blue stuff for the uh, Waratahs. Mm. Uh, went and coached at North Sydney last year, and he's just been promoted as the f- Ford's coach for first grade. Um, yeah, intelligent guy, uh, great communicator, and um, yeah, I think I think he'll be. A, good coach one day i think he would be a really good coach one day he's probably got all the characteristics and attributes of, to be a successful coach
0: awesome all right ricky well it's been awesome chatting with you mate uh really enjoyed this one and uh great great to hear about the role that that you and eddie have and the importance of it and all those those valuable lessons uh, that you've taken away from it and i i just i think it's you know so important you know i've got I've got someone like that who who I've lent on a lot with uh, my coaching as well, and it's just it's just a really key role. And encourage all coaches to to seek out a mentor of some kind. So, thanks a lot for coming on and sharing your story.
2: Thank you, Matt. Cheers.
0: Awesome. Cheers.
1: Thanks for listening to the Rugby Coaches Corner podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review via iTunes and keep listening for the next episode. You can also follow us via Twitter at RugbyCoachesCNR or via the website TheRugbyCoachesCorner.com. Until next time, keep sharing ideas to make the game better.